0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Racing to Win brought to you by Apex 146. I'm your host, Julia Robinson. All right, so today I've got Connor Walk here with me. Connor, how's it going?
1: Doing well and excited to talk MotoGP today.
0: I'm always excited to talk about MotoGP, as you know. So where do you want to start? I mean, we're about halfway through the 2022 season. We're on summer break. We're returning to Silverstone in three weeks time, I believe.
1: Well, let's get your take on the season so far.
0: My take on the season so far. Well, I mean, it's definitely been very competitive, and I think my favorite part is the mix of athletes, teams, manufacturers that we've seen fighting for some of these podiums. I mean, obviously, Quattraro is leading the championship alicia spargo is right behind him we did some coverage last week on the rise of aprilia and that was some pretty great analysis to unpack um ducati has been quite up and down i would say not nearly as consistent but you know zarco bagnaya bastianini those three have been really fun to watch as they come and go from the leading groups uh obviously we're very sad about suzuki going to be leaving the MotoGP series it'll be interesting to see what happens with rins and because I believe they have a long road ahead of them in the series um, but yeah I mean I think overall it's just been really cool how competitive and the diverse mix of athletes and specifically manufacturers that we've seen leading I mean Aprilia obviously stands out and hopefully we're going to be seeing KTM pull up more because we have seen Binder come and go Oliveira obviously um, will not be rejoining the factory KTM team next year Jack Miller will be taking his place which I definitely want to touch on that topic today but yeah i mean i think the season's just getting started
1: yeah so let's zero in on brad bender being that he's the leading ktm rider this season can you give us a little background on how brad's career has been going
0: yeah so obviously he does have that 2016 moto 3 world championship he joined MotoGP in 2020 with ktm we see him uh, his contract is through next year uh, his first year in MotoGP, he ended the championship in 11th, which is pretty darn good for a evolving manufacturer as well as a rookie. 2021, he jumped quite a bit up and ended the season in 6th place, and he's currently sitting in 6th place now, just behind Ineo Bastianini. I believe he's 12 points behind Bastianini, So a lot can change, obviously, race to race with those points. But, I mean, I think it'd be great to see him finish in the top five this year, especially, you know, for him and KTM.
1: I agree. That would be huge for Brad and his team to finish in the top five this year. He does have that one podium already, right?
0: Yeah. So in Qatar, uh, he finished second, I believe, which was a great way to open the season. We haven't really seen him come back to that level yet but you know the season is still rocking and rolling but one podium in Qatar I believe he qualified in seventh ended in second and then we've actually only seen one DNF or retirement uh, from him this season and that was in Portugal so his finishing rate is pretty darn strong And actually, we do have some season averages here just to get the ball rolling with Brad Bender and his performance. So final position averages around seventh, which is pretty good. We want to see him in the top 10. I mean, ideally, you know, we're seeing him more in the top five. Fighting for that podium would be awesome if he could get that down consistently. But one thing that we are going to be looking at, which is definitely holding him back, is the qualifying. So whereas his... 2022 average finishing position right now is around seventh his qualifying is around 12th 13th um, which is not not a great place to start when you're trying to finish in the top five for the world championship so we do see him unfortunately not make it to q2 quite often so he is stuck starting in the back half of the grid and as we know there's a lot of room to make up there
1: Given that he's qualifying in the back half, that is pretty impressive that he's been pulling off a seventh place average final position.
0: Yeah, I agree. And that's a great segue into looking at Brad Bender's strengths. So, pulling some indexes from Apex 146, we've really been able to understand where his strengths, areas of improvements are throughout these races and as it's evolving throughout the season. This podcast is supported by Sprint GP. A new online racing game that allows users to create a unique team centered around ownership and strategy, Sprint GP is a data-driven ecosystem with ties to ground truth to simulate realistic race events for users. The goal is simple, build a race team, enter events, earn payouts and points, increase the value of your digital asset. In SprintGP, you are not only a team owner, but you're a racing coach. To learn more about the Sprint GP racing environment, head on over to sprintgp.com and join the racing community today. So, let's start with the most like base level indexes that we have here. We have speed and consistency, so how fast you are, but also how consistent you are lap to lap. And that is one thing that Brad Binder has really been able to hone in on over his few years in MotoGP. We see that he has a very strong balance between speed and consistency, and that's definitely something that athletes have to work towards. It may seem very straightforward for the outside person, but being able to clock in these incredibly fast lap times just one after another for 25 laps in a row that is a very fine-tuned skill and i mean connor wouldn't you agree that that is just such an important foundation for a racer especially someone that's in their what their second third year in moto gp i mean
1: definitely yeah speed and consistency is a critical one to get pretty balanced because a lot of riders are good at one or the other but if you're not balanced there it really shows in your finished position And being that Brad does have a good balance, this is a great foundation to build off of as he completes the rest of his racecraft throughout the season.
0: Did you just say racecraft? I did. What in the world is racecraft?
1: In a way, you can think about all of the Apex 146 indexes as picking apart the general idea of racecraft. Basically, it's just the combination of a rider's overall racing skill combined with their theoretical knowledge based on following someone around a corner maybe five times when they're trying to figure out where on the track would be best to overtake them. They can use their whole career's worth of racing technique to figure out where exactly would be the best point to make that pass is just one example of good racecraft.
0: So racecraft is kind of like a bag of skills that a racer holds based off their experience and it's like always developing and optimizing?
1: Yeah, and you can think of consistency, predator, prey, even whole shotting in a certain way. They're all just little pieces that kind of put that idea together.
0: All right, so Apex 146 has created a racecraft for every athlete, learn something new every day. Thank you for <laughs> explaining that. That's not what I thought you meant when you said racecraft circling back to Binder, so his first big standout is that he has a very strong balance between that speed and consistency now we're going to turn to what i would say is more his awareness on the circuit and that's like his efficiency between the flags
1: so what exactly is efficiency in regards to motorcycle racing
0: That's a very important question as we introduce this topic. So efficiency is um, specifically the efficiency index that we're using here is a combination of a rider's ability to get off the grid in a productive manner but then also their ability to make strategic passes that hold. So they're not making a pass and then getting passed back and then making that pass and then taking off. They're able to understand where they hold an advantage over their opponents on every single circuit, make a pass, block anybody from overtaking, and then start to create that gap. And that is something we see. I know we mentioned that Brad Binder tends to finish Um, quite ahead of where he started on the grid. And so we are seeing that he's able to pick off people. I mean, he moves through the pack and in a way really reminds me of someone like Alex Rins here where they can come back from a weaker starting position. So I would say this is something that Brad Bender definitely has in his back pocket. Um, He's able to make up for that poor qualifying and overtake so many of his opponents that he keeps that forward momentum and because of his strategic passing I would say he also has fairly good tire management and awareness Uh, we see that he does pretty well in regards to like the deterioration of his tires so I mean I think this definitely leads into the weaker side of his performance this year which has been qualifying uh which we said he has a poor average qualifying falling around 12 or 13th on the grid
1: don't mean to cut you off but how many races this year has he actually finished ahead of where he qualified or started from
0: no no you're good it would be nine out of the 10 races that he has finished uh he finished ahead from where he started and a lot of those are actually pretty pretty significant like finishing around nine or ten places ahead of where he started some are a little less more like five but from the races that we've seen where he started like severely on the back of the grid he was able to make up significant positions
1: geez finishing 10 or what you say nine or 10 positions ahead of where you started from is really impressive
0: yeah i mean especially with how competitive this season is and there's definitely like subgroups within the the grid that are very competitive so the guy's really out in front then there's like that middle pack fighting for the top eight or so um but looking at Le Mans specifically he qualified 18th and finished eighth so uh that's just one example of a handful of is where he really was able to weave his way through
1: what do you think is the factor that pushes him most to be able to make up so many places even though he's been qualifying pretty low like tire management
0: I definitely think it has to do with his riding style his tire management he always is the one that is like chipping away at the gap and I feel like that's one thing that the commentators do tend to focus on too is like oh Brad Benders he's closing in okay he got another position so I think that his I think that he does have very strong awareness to understand when and where to pass his opponents And then his blocking skills, because he doesn't, if you look at his data, he doesn't have a lot of people just passing him, like he rarely gets engulfed and starts falling back. So I think it's, again, a balance between two different variables, and that would be his ability to overtake, but also balance that with his ability to block others.
1: Or if it starts raining mid-race and he decides to stay on slicks when everyone else switches the rain tires like last year when he won.
0: (laughs) That was epic. He looked like he was on ice. Um, (laughs) That was pretty incredible to watch. Um, But yeah, I think that really his ability to balance his speed, consistency, and then passing are what are helping him really bring this season back after his poor qualifying. So Brad Bender is also always known as like a Sunday rider, so he tends to be a little underwhelming on Saturday qualifying, but then he's making up for it on Sundays. That's definitely not going to be sustainable going forward. He is going to have to bump that up on Saturdays just with how competitive it's getting. If he was qualifying on, you know, at least getting into Q2 and he was working this hard and being able to make all these passes – then, you know, we'd be really seeing him more in the top five. Now, with that said, you could argue that the competition is a little bit stiffer in that top five, top three, but he's been there, he's fought with them, and he's made it onto the podium. So definitely think uh, or hope that we see him be a little bit more of a Saturday rider going forward with balancing all of these um, skills.
1: Here's a random question. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) So being that Binder was able to start his MotoGP career in 2020 on KTM, and now that we're halfway through 2022, re-signing again with KTM, but with a new teammate, Jack Miller, do you think Miller's going to be on the struggle bus trying to figure out the KTM, or do you think he's going to pick it up pretty quick? Because Ducati's sure are different.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do think, I mean, Brad... Came in at an interesting time with KTM and, you know, he's had his highs and lows. We've seen him on the podium a lot. We've also seen him have some darker days, but I would say that him and Miller have a pretty similar riding style. You see them both really manhandle the bike and they're able to prevail in mixed conditions where some people tend to slip up a little bit more especially like wet conditions um, they both really just are able to bite their lip and fight for it so i'm excited to see miller on ktm um, miller's definitely had a roller coaster of a career you know really great to see him on factory ducati but i do think it's awesome that he's opening up the opportunity to switch to ktm ktm i feel needs experienced moto gp riders obviously Paul Espargo really helped develop that bike and we saw him prevail with them before moving to Honda so I think that the team itself and the manufacturer will just benefit as a whole for having Miller but seeing him next to Binder I mean that's going to be a great time in the garage they're like <laughs> two of the favorite people in the paddock um, but I do think that it's going to be definitely a shift for Miller but I just feel like he might be an adaptable rider and i I don't, I mean, I don't know.
1: Yeah, for a while there, I really thought Jack Miller had the Ducati all figured out, but I don't know what's happened in these last few races, so I think a bike change is going to be good for him.
0: Yeah, I think, and you know, it also starts to be a mental game when you do have a teammate, someone like Peko Bagnaia, that is actively fighting for the world championship. Um, So I think that we should probably do an episode on Jack Miller. (laughs) I think to better understand the transition of Miller to KTM, we really should dig into his data and see uh, what we can pull out of there. So maybe we should plan on doing that next week as a good segue into Ducati. We can start with Miller as he's Bender's new teammate. Let's do it. Well, that's a wrap as we cover Brad Binder' his 2022 season so far with the Factory KTM team. Going forward, we will be releasing Racing to Win episodes every single Tuesday, so we'll be able to get some weekend coverage in there once the season starts back up. I will also be a co-host on the Sprint GP live Twitter spaces every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if any of our listeners have any questions, any points they want to discuss, suggestions, or requests of riders to cover, teams to cover, you can join us there on Twitter Join the conversation, join the racing community, and learn more about all your favorite riders. To learn more about those Twitter spaces, be sure to follow both Sprint GP and Apex146 on Twitter, Instagram. You can check out our websites. Join us on Discord. We're always here to talk racing and support the community. Thank you all for listening, and thank you, Connor, for joining the conversation.
1: Thank you. That was a good chat.
0: We'll be back next week. It looks like we're going to be talking Jack Miller, his ride on Ducati, and his switch over to KTM. So be sure to tune in next Tuesday for that and have a great week.